Mic check, mic check. I got no snare on my headphones. You're a dumbass. All right. And three, two. This is Stacking the Pants with your host, Luca Perito and Coach. I have not had my cup of coffee yet, but that's what I'm excited for. Welcome back to another episodes of another episodes, another episode of Stacking the Pads. Dan, Coy, Scooter, what is up? What is up? Um, not much. I'm a little. I was telling you before, a little exhausted. Uh, started practice with my team this weekend. Um, we are three practices in a row, so. Long days, you know, erratic times as usual for hockey, but, you know, getting at it. All right, all right. So, making them clean the, you know, pick up the trash in front of the net, Gordon Bombay style? No, trying to, to yeah, shut up. <laughs> moron. Um, uh, all right, today's. Yeah, ep- yes, my, my entire uh, season's practice plan is based on the Mighty Ducks 1 through 3 trilogy. I mean, I'm not going to lie, that's not, that's not a bad fucking idea. I mean, they got they got some good drills in there. Why not? Um, this isn't the this isn't the NBA, Charlie. <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh, all right. So today's epi number eight. Uh, obviously, the number eight right now in the NHL is Alexander Ovechkin, which I just saw a video of him yesterday on Instagram throwing. I think he was at like an Oki. I don't know what what is it. Uh, Benihana or some shit, where and he's like he's yeah yeah one of those hibachi places yeah, yeah, yeah hibachi and he's he's throwing the fucking steak at people and shit it's great anyway uh, so there's uh, Ovechkin he's number eight um, a couple other ones though for you uh, I'm gonna finish with my personal favorite but start off with Igor Larionov that's a classic you know pioneer yeah um, for the uh, early Russians that came over Mark Recchi he he. Played for seemingly what was my entire like what's my entire life. I feel like he was always in every NHL game I ever played. Guys, Mark Recchi played for like I think thirty five seasons. Yeah, no, exactly. And then uh, Cam Neely. Cam Neely. Yeah, Cam Neely, and then of course Timu Solani. Timu, Timu, yeah. gotta love. I always loved. Solani. By the way, one, of, he, one Timu, of my favorite names. Great player to watch. Just exciting guy. Does Does Timu Solani not look like Mads Mikkelsen, the bad guy from uh, like one of the James Bond movies? I I don't. You're gonna like yell at me right now, but I don't think I've ever seen any of the James Bond movies. Okay, not seeing any of them is a little weird. I'm not saying you got to see all 24 installments of the franchise, but that's a little weird. You haven't seen any of them. I, I've seen like bits and pieces here and there, but I've never made it a point to like sit down and actually watch any of them. Anyway, Mads Mikkelsen's a like a famous. Uh, I think he's like he's some he's from Europe. I don't know what country in Europe, but he uh, he's a famous actor or whatever. But he he just kind of vaguely resembles Timu Solani. Anyway. That's completely neither here right, nor there. So your number eights, you got them out of the way. All yeah. right. Uh, when you're talking about current, you know, famous number eights, I thought you were going to talk about Justin Abdelkader. Uh, yeah, I passed on him. No. Okay. So famous, famous number eights, the lesser talented Beret brother, Valerie I, I saw him. I almost said it. I almost said it. The, the other I, Beret. I bring him up because he is married to – Candace Cameron Beret. Cam – well – well, she was Candace Cameron. She now is Candace Cameron Bure, um, who is more well known for her role as DJ Tanner on Full House. 
So anyone in the 90s who grew up in the 90s watching that, there are some other great ones. Danny Briere with the uh, Coyotes for it. Who else? I, I kind of stole all the good ones for you. I'm sorry, but I'm not yeah, sorry. Yeah, you kind of went off on a uh, tangent there of number eights. I mean, it's, uh, it's you know, pretty well known. Um, uh, Donato's father, Ted Donato, wore number eight with the Rangers. In 2003. Yeah. And then, I mean, I'm just randomly scrolling through here at this point. Oh, That's this right. is All right. I, I always find, like, the weird, funny names. You ready for this one? Yeah. Dick Duff. That's a great one. <laughs> two syllables, two names, Dick Duff. Duff man, can't breathe. How? I, I mean, like, that's awesome. It's like, you, you, you literally, like, that guy went up to girls at the bar. Hey, what's up? What's your name? Dick Duff. Nice to meet you. How you doing, ham sandwich? Hey, he, all he had to do, and he played for the Canadians from 65 to 70. Oh, so he, all he had to do was, like... I play for the Montreal Canadiens. Flash a couple of the rings that he had. And uh, my name is Dick Duff. What are you doing tonight? Yeah, that guy's a fucking legend. <laughs> Jesus. Um. Anyway, moving on from Dick Duff. All right. Uh, how are we starting off this week? What do you uh, What do you want to? All right. What, so you, let's let's, get... let's go with the firings first because we had a few of those. You want to do the firings first? I think. Uh. Yeah. I think unless you want to do the. Uh, the bizarro world standings. Well, let's hold off in the standings because I think that won't take as much time to dive into because we kind of got – it's two very different, interesting firings. So you got John Stevens who was let go um, in L.A. It was kind of funny too because last week we were talking about how um, he was probably someone who might be on a chopping block, but we didn't think it would happen maybe this soon or even this season, maybe at the end of the season yeah. if they continue this way. But they are – they have been pretty much one of the worst teams in the league. They have the worst goal differential, as we pointed out two episodes ago. I don't think it's entirely his fault. So we are doing that. We're, so we're starting with the fire. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said let's start. I said let's start with that. Well, because the other stuff. Yeah, I said that. Okay, fine. I thought and now and now I'm prepared to do the other one. Okay, fine. Let's let's go with the firings, Dan. Oh dear God. Oh my God. Is it that much of an adjustment? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm good. I'm good. I'm locked in. Locked in. Here we go. Firings. Locked John Stevens just got fired. For all you LA Kings fans, let's do this. All right. Anyway, so yes, he got fired. I mean, it was a terrible start to the season. And we were talking about last week. We didn't think it would happen necessarily this quick. But, I mean, it, I don't think it's entirely his fault. That's that's what I was trying to get at. I don't think the roster he's given is that deep and great. It's very old, beat-up lineup. I mean, they were 3-7 and seven in their last 10. They have 11 points, the second lowest uh, point total. And they've played three more games than the team that's below them, only by two points, the Panthers. So... Really, they based on number of games played, they're they're pretty bad. Um, their goal differential is a minus fourteen. They're not scoring. They're not defending. They're not stopping the puck. Their number one goalie's been out for most of the first part of the season. He's going to be out so, for a while too. And, and he's got coming back anytime soon. Exactly. So it's not entirely his fault, if you ask me. But you know, we were talking earlier. It was a weird move to go and then keep him, especially after the off season, and because. Usually when you make a coaching change, you're changing it because you want a different style, not a very similar style than the old regime. You know, he was the assistant coach and got promoted when they left go of Sutter. And he's very similar in coaching style to Sutter, which, you know, the players have kind of grown, you know, tired of even Sutter. Even after so, – even after – while in the middle of when they were winning cups in L.A., the players were growing old. Uh, you heard rumblings of – 
Sutter being too rough on the players, players not really getting the message, players not enjoying playing for him. Whatever it was, you heard rumblings of them not being happy. So it was an odd decision that when you fired Sutter that you were going to stay with the same type of coach who was already on the staff. So Right, it's and just I think a, like the best example of like what you're trying to do when you hire a new coach is going a different direction. Yeah. So if you go back to way back with the Rangers and you go back to Tom Rennie, Right after the lockout. Yeah. In 05, uh, the 05 lockout. So Tom Rennie was there for a couple of years. He was kind of like the players' coach. Everyone loved him, but then, you know, they're kind of like stale and stagnant. So they brought in Torch, someone who was like a little, you know, more Fucking hardcore. crazy. Up in your face, you know, doesn't Psychotic. Take shit. Fit what? for a straight jacket? What? Yes, yeah, so, you know, whatever. But he was the right style of coach that they needed for that that team yeah and he he got them to improve it was a different style of coaching and play and it changed the team and they look they had the best record one year they won the president's trophy with him they got to a conference finals they were in overtime in game six loss with the devils um from going to the finals or they needed to win two more games but anyway they were close to going to the finals with him then that grew tired kind of like sutter and then they went to a different style with Vigneault. Now they went on to a completely different style with a college coach coming in who's more geared towards the younger youth movement that they have. So every change that they've made kind of has made sense. The Sutter to Stevens didn't really make a ton of sense, like logically. That's Yeah, all no, uh, we, I think we both agree on that. So the one thing that I do want to bring up, it, it'll be interesting to see what Desjardins – or De, uh, Desjardins, right? Taking over. Yeah, Desjardins. Yeah, well, Willie, yeah. Desjardins. It'll be interesting to see what happens, what changes there, what doesn't. But what I really like what they're doing, actually, uh, they're bringing in Marco Stern. They um, are bringing him in. They're bringing him in. His season in Germany with the with the German national team I just read um, okay. actually ends in like a week. So once that once his uh, obligations end with the German national team, he's coming over with that. So he's going to be an assistant coach with them, or assistant. is he going to take over he's as the head coach? He, he's going to be an assistant coach there, which, I mean, head I... Coach. He's a head coach in waiting. Yeah, he's a head coach in waiting, but he's one of the younger candidates. He's 40 years old. He just led the German team to the uh, silver medal against uh, against Russia, right? Canada. Canada, I thought it was. No, Russia won the gold. Are you talking about the world championships? No, I'm talking about the Olympics. Oh, I don't remember. I didn't pay attention to that. I, it was, was, it was a joke of the Olympics, but I'm pretty sure they won the silver anyway. medal. But regardless, the, Germany had an actual really good run in this past Olympics, and they right. and he was and he was a real uh, key part of that. So he was actually uh, with the Rangers were hiring, going through a few of their uh, potential replacements for Vigneault. That was one of the guys that I actually really thought was an interesting candidate. I'm um, happy to see him get a shot at least with the Kings. See what happens with that. That good for the Kings. You want to move on to the Hawks? Yeah. So the Hawks is a really like the. I wasn't overly – I was just surprised like that it was this early. But hockey is known for having like early firings. It's not a huge shock with the Kings thing. They were one of the worst teams in the league, so it made sense. The Blackhawks one really kind of surprised me. I didn't see that coming at this point. I thought maybe they – because he'd – I thought Joel Quinville – he's the second winningest coach in the history of the NHL. He's only 60 years old too. Like I, I thought that he had earned the right to at least finish the season. And, and – it's no. just something that, like, they talked about it in the offseason, and they gave them, like, a month, and then they're like, oh, you know what, we should have done it in the offseason, let's do it now. Like, it's just dumb, because then now you got an interim coach, now you're going to have to wait 
probably until the end of the season to really find your replacement. And it just it, it just didn't make a lot of sense. Like if you're going to do it, why do it now? I mean, yeah. I know the team got off to a good start, but they were three six and one in their last ten when the firing was made. I mean, it's just a bad stretch. I mean, teams go through it, but yeah, I, don't know. I just no. But you you kind of hit on it. It's just you if you're gonna give him if you're gonna give any coach or a quarterback or a goalie or anyone that short of a leash with their job, you have to have a suitable replacement behind them kind of ready to go. Now, I'm not saying you have to have the guy that you ultimately want to take over his job waiting in the wings. Kind of in a sense like the Cowboys had with uh, Jason Garrett for years. He was like an assistant coach on the team, the offensive coordinator, for years before the Cowboys hired him. Now, I'm not saying that was like the right choice and that's whatever. I'm just saying they had someone in place and like they wanted him. You know what I mean? I just don't – I don't know much about this guy, Jeremy Jeremy Colleton, all, other than the fact that he was a second-round draft pick by the Islanders. The Islanders thought high of you at one point. Not a good yeah. not a good look. Yeah, so the Islanders probably were high when they thought of high, highly of him. So, um, it's a very good possibility. A- anyway, I mean, it's it's just a weird thing. And uh, for the, I think the timing – and the fact that it's Quenville, I mean, we were talking, uh, he, he won three Stanley Cups in one, two, three, four, six seasons. And, you know, and you combine that with L.A., who just fired their second coach after uh, Sutter left, you know, those teams won't combine for five out of six championships in a six-year span, which is just absurd that three te- two teams would do that, were able to do that. Yeah. So, I and it's funny that, like, within, like, basically like 24 48 hours whatever it was those two franchises that combined for five titles in six years were firing their coaches a month into the season yeah i mean you look back to the 2004 uh 2004 2014 uh conference finals where you had uh the kings hawks rangers and uh canadians Vigneault was fired sutter was fired last year obviously but stevens is fired now quinville's mm-hmm. fired and uh I'm forgetting the Montreal coach at the time, but he's fired as well. Claude Julian? No, Julian was with the, with Boston. Oh, no, he's there now. Yeah. Michel Therrien. Michel Therrien, there you go. One of those French guys, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, all those and, guys are gone. All right. <laughs> all all right. right, you want to talk about um, your buddy down in uh, Nashville? My buddy? Well, I mean, you were talking about uh, Pekka Rene. Oh, yeah, that was a... Uh, because I know – well, I, I say it sarcastically because you were talking about maybe moving him with one year left on the deal. You guys you got your uh, Soros there that's, ready kind of that's probably me. Over. That's probably me playing too much NHL GM mode. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. No, it, it probably is. I mean you're, the team's in the window right now to win the cup. They're not going to trade Rene. You know what I mean? That's just a dumb fucking comment by me. Yeah. Uh, I'll self-scout um, it. I, that was dumb. But at the same time, you see Soros – is a fucking viable backup. Like, the guy is legit. I just, I also love UC Soros, too, because, like, he kind of reminds me of, like, the 1990s style goalie, where he's a little bit undersized, he's not huge, he's not going to take up too much of net, but he's just athletic, and he's in a, he's a really solid goalie. Yeah, no, no, sure. So, anyway, we brought up um, Pekka Rene. He just signed an extension, a two-year extension, $10 million in total, so he'll get an extra five, um, starting next year and then five again the year after um, after this year's contract winds out so a pretty it's not you know you're not locked in long term with him it's a pretty solid fair deal for both sides I think 
it keeps him in there. I think uh, looking at his age, I think he's what thirty now. No, Pekarene. Yeah, isn't he thirty? He's thirty-five. Thirty-six. What am I? I don't know who I'm thinking of. Sorry. So he's thirty-six. Get off the weed. He just yeah right. (laughs) Not at all. Uh, He uh, just turned thirty-six actually um, three days ago. Yeah, four days ago. So he'll be thirty-eight by the time this contract uh, finishes, which. You know, and he's still one of the top goalies in the league at 36. So, I mean, I can't believe he's been in the league that long. Shit. So, yeah. So, it's I think it's a pretty fair deal for both sides. It actually is a downgrade in payment. Um, he's currently making uh, $7 million this year. No, that, that's why it's a good deal for both sides. Because, like, you know what? He's He wants to continue playing in Nashville. He loves it down there. You could tell. They have a yeah. team. They can theoretically contend for the next three years. So... Why not take a $2 million pay cut to continue to try and win a Stanley Cup? Um, he's made, he, That's $10 million he's making. You know what I mean? It's, it's as opposed to 14. So it's not really that big of a cutoff. You know, what do you, it's like, all right, yeah. Uh, I know $4 million is a lot of money, but, you know, when you have $10 million, you're doing all right. No, 100% agree. So a, a solid deal for both sides, and you don't have to have that hanging over your head as you try and make another Stanley Cup run. But it should be interesting to see what they do with Soros, because I believe Soros is a restricted free agent at the end of the year. Um, or his contract has to be coming up soon, because he's not really a rookie anymore. He's been in the league for uh, a year or two now. So it should be interesting to see what they do with him. You know, Do they give him a little bit more than a, like a normal backup would make? To you know, entice him to be like, look, the you know, the pipes are yours once he once he retires, and then the next two years they'll transition him into more of a starting role, getting more starts in the throughout the regular season. He's still got two years left. Don't worry about it. Two him. years, okay. He, so he it, signed through twenty twenty one. So so it actually, actually it adds up really well. It adds up really well then. His contract ends at the end of the new extension for um, Rene, which is like perfect timing to give Soros. A big extension then yeah, clearly, at that point. Clearly, they're smart in Nashville. They know what they're fucking doing. Yeah. No. You know what? Give them credit. They're very. Oh, well also, Tennessee's a tax. Tennessee's a, a uh, tax-free state. True. True. So you get a little extra uh, cash in the pocket that yeah. way. All right. Uh, what do we got next? Do you want? So I think we need to point out. We tried to get to it last week. We kind of ran out of time. We had to skip it. We oh, need yeah. to talk about the. Uh, you know, in a great Seinfeld reference here, bizarro world standings that we're kind of living in. And it's not completely upside down if you totally get top to bottom um, and go across all four divisions. It's weird. But- the weirdest thing, and I'm sorry to cut you off. Are you good? No, it's fine. Go ahead. The weirdest thing is the Islanders at top, atop the Metro. Now, this is the weirdest part. Like, yeah, it's early on in the season. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of teams that are like, hit and miss sometimes like it doesn't every sport you have the teams that like get out to early, quick starts or have a good week here or two, good two weeks there that happens in every single sport but the biggest thing that i'm looking at right here is is the disparity between the rest of the teams in the metropolitan division you look at now i know that they have 18 points and then you look at like the rest of the teams like columbus pittsburgh they all have 17 15 15 15 like they're not that far away with points but the big thing is goal differential. They're plus 11. The next closest to them is Washington and Pittsburgh with plus one. The rest of the teams, then, the rest of the teams in the Metro are in the negative. I know. I was just, I was looking. I just pulled that up too. They're all in the negative except for the Islanders plus 11, and then you have Pittsburgh and what? I, I don't know. I don't get it. 
I did not expect any of this from them. I don't know how they're doing it, but I guess hats off, whatever. All I'm going to say is that big of a differential to me means that it's not necessarily a fluke, you know? True, and they. You also got to look at. They just had a five-game win streak um, snapped. Uh, but they still got points because they went to overtime. Uh, so they have seven-game point streak as far as games. Uh, so they're on a bit of a heater right now. In their last ten, they're six-two and two, which is the best in the metro right now. So you know they're just playing really good hockey right now, and a lot of the other teams in the division aren't. I mean, the Flyers have been you know whatever all the season capitals i think after the first week have kind of let that sound like a hangover sink in now pittsburgh was looked like world beaters two weeks ago and then this last week they've lost i think like three in a row yeah they've lost four in a row actually i'm sorry they've lost four in a row two of them two of the islanders i mean honestly if you look at like the i mean the other team that's really doing really well in that division right now is the rangers rangers four game win streak three points out of first place what the fuck yeah, uh, I mean, granted, granted, they're also they've played one more game than the Islanders, but I mean, you look at Columbus. Columbus play, has played fifteen games. The Rangers are just one game behind them. Yeah, uh, it's just it's it's really. I mean, it's actually. I mean, look at the Rangers. I mean, we've I've watched the Rangers. You know, uh, closer than the other teams, obviously, but it's it's annoying because like I was one hundred percent anticipating like a really shitty season, and I'm okay with. Even if it goes really south, like the second half of the year, but it's just been an exciting team to watch. They don't give up, and that fucking Neil Pionk goal last night—he oh, literally, he the, the best part about it is he literally takes it. He starts it behind his own net, and obviously for people who didn't watch it, go watch it. It's a it's a beautiful goal. I don't give a shit what fan you are. He starts with it behind his net. He's a righty defenseman. He fucking uh, puts the goddamn uh, the forward in the spin spin cycle, does a spin, and then just goes sh- literally straight down the ice, coast to coast, makes one move right in front of the goal, and fucking scores. It was it was beautiful, and it was the game. It ended up being the game winning goal against. Yeah, no, it was an uh, absolute yeah. filthy goal. I know I didn't play in that game, but right before that, because he was a little banged up. But yeah. uh, right before that, the rookie Brett Howden, I think he's top four in rookie scoring. He's second. Um, second. He's second. Well, okay, so now he's in second. At one point, he was top four the other day when I looked at it. Yeah. So he's he's been a real nice addition for them and been pretty solid and been above fifty percent on base loss for them. Especially um, considering the fact that when the Rangers got him from Tampa. Every you know prospect pundit was just like, uh, you know, he's probably gonna be no more than a third liner, which maybe he does prove, you know, that that is his ceiling. But the guy's been phenomenal so far, and I don't really give a shit. He's been really fun to play or watch play. And anyway, so that's the Metro. The Metro has been a little weird there. Um, the Atlantic is pretty much holding true to form. The top three: you got Tampa, Toronto, Boston. Yeah, the only the only exactly. thing weird about the the uh, Atlantic, you're right. One, two, three is kind of pretty much exactly what we all thought. Montreal, they're they're similar to the Rangers in a sense of like I thought it was going to be a rebuild year for them, but they have a, some young players. They have Carey Price, similar to how the Rangers have Lundqvist, and they're never going to be out of a game if he's healthy. Mm-hmm. And then we thought that we'd be better. And they've been a little better than I think we thought they'd be this early. But the Buffalo Sabres, right there, 16 points, two points behind Boston for the third spot in that division. Really playing better. And you got a lot of people who are high on the Panthers, and they're still in dead last, even though they've played you know less games than everyone else. Still dead there, down there. I'll um, say this about the Panthers. I looked at their schedule. I think that it's, especially early on in the season, it's harder to get into a flow when you're constantly 
taking a break here, a break there. If you look at their schedule coming up, they actually, I think they're going to get into a nice rhythm, and I think that they're going to start rattling off some wins here. This is just a guess. I really have no fucking clue, but they... They're finally they're back from their Europe trip. They're back from you know the Line A Barkov matchup in Finland. But they literally, starting tomorrow, they literally have a game every other night for the next for like the rest almost basically for the rest of November, if not a back to back game. So they're gonna they're gonna get into a rhythm, um, whether it's gonna be good or bad. And I think that they're gonna turn it around. Um, and I think the next by we when we do this next week, they're gonna be out of the cellar. All right. Um, and you also got to remember they haven't had uh, what's his face Luongo got hurt in the first game, so yeah. they, that's he, been he's, an issue he's back now well. I believe right, right, right. But I'm just saying that's a lot of that mm-hmm. you know 11 games has been with uh, Reimer or whoever. Yeah, moving out west, the Central Nashville and first not a big surprise, a little bit of surprise. You got the Minnesota Wild ahead of the Jets right now in second. Uh, I mean, like, look, this, this is the thing with Minnesota. Minnesota really reminds me. A lot of like the Ranger teams that went to the Eastern Conference Finals, the you know under Tortorella, they're a solid defensive team. They have a really good goalie, and they have a few good players on offense that could put the put the puck in the net. But none of them are going to do it on their own. I don't think they're really that offensively skilled to really take flight and like take over a playoff series, which is why I think I overlooked them a lot. Because there's nothing. I, I really- did have him only getting a wild card, so right now they're sitting in like a regular, you know, playoff spot in one of the top three in the division. So yeah, I overlooked him as far as I think. I think that this holds water. I, I mean, think yeah, that's one of the reasons early. why that we don't really look at them as like a true contender is because they don't really have anyone sexy up front. You know, their most yeah. like their most recognizable offensive star is fucking. Eric Stall and uh, guy from the Devils. I'm fucking forgetting his name. Parisi. Parisi, yeah, I'm sorry. Thank you. And, and you got and you got the, the what's his face to finish? Uh, Miko Koivu. Yeah, I mean they and they have they have some younger players. Um, but none of them none of them are like, you know, someone you can look at like, oh, he's gonna score 25, 30 goals easy. Yeah, exactly. So that's your central. I mean the Blackhawks, the only thing I'm expecting them to be great world beaters, but they're, you know, only two points ahead of the blues. Um and Colorado's been, you know, nice they've been able to continue what they did last year. I mean, you go to the Pacific I think you and I were both high on Calgary, and San Jose seems to have gotten their thing together. They're tied for first with them. But it's a three-way tie with the Vancouver Canucks still up there. Yeah. And you got the – I guess you got to give them the first month and a half. You got to give the Roy, to uh, the Pedersen. Golden Trophy Rookie yeah. of the Year, to Pedersen. I mean this kid's just a world beater right now. No, nah, he's them. he's fucking filthy. Uh, he's uh, – I actually – it was actually really cool. I turned on uh, – uh, after the Ranger game last night, just it just so happened that the Canucks and Red Wings game was like five minutes left in the third. So I turned that one on, and that ended up going into overtime. And that's all I wanted to see was overtime between Pedersen and Dylan Larkin. <laughs> yeah, that's a good great matchup there. Um, no, and like Pedersen, especially in the open eyes, the guys he it's he's he's filthy. Um, yeah. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Gunnar Stahl with the blonde hair, but you know. <laughs> Let's go shake the Hans. Let's go shake the Good work, Captain Duck. Um, and then you know we uh, we haven't really talked too much about them. I thought I don't think any either of us expect them to be this poor this early. But the Vegas Knights, you know, they've got a minus eight goal differential. They're second from the bottom. The reason why they're second from the bottom is because the Kings are worse. 
and they just can't score goals. They only got 34 goals this year, and they're giving up 42, and that's a terrible combination when you're giving up that many and not scoring. Yeah, so. um, news news to the hockey world: giving up a lot of goals and not scoring a lot of goals is not good for business. Yes, I I do. This is how I kind of think that Vegas might their season might go. They got off to a really slow start, and then at some point they're going to turn it on, and not to the point where they they were last year, but they're probably going to just miss getting that last wild card spot. I feel like that's how this team's going to end up being this year. Yeah, they're um, too talented a team, and they're too strong in net, like to be at the bottom for the entire season. Yeah, they're so. Yeah, I think they just got to get their groove back and kind of get over that. You know, just as much as we talk about the Stanley Cup literal hangover for the uh, Washington Capitals, it's more of a figurative speaking mental hangover from the uh, for the uh, Vegas Knights. I mean that that that's the same thing in every sport though. Like if you yeah, look no, at it, it's exactly. really hard to lose a championship and then go back two months later and like try and go back to work. It's fucking really hard. I'd yeah. love I'd love to like you know maybe like uh, look at like the statistics from like the past 10, 15, 20 years, whatever it is, and just look at the teams who have lost in championships in the major four sports and see how they did the next season. Well, especially in any teams that win, you look at hockey, that's why there hasn't been a repeat or there was such a drought from repeats from the Red Wings to the Penguins. Yeah. I mean, it was almost 20 years before before you had a repeat. So, yeah. Anyway, by the way, number eight, since we were talking about the Pacific there with the Sharks, Joey Pavelski, forgot about that. All right, yeah. And, that's, yeah. and little known fact, Brent Burns, when he was with the Minnesota Wild, wore number eight when he was a forward. Okay, when he didn't look like a serial killer? Yes, he was in the beginning stages of his serial killer stage. Yeah, because now he uh, looks like he'll just murder anyone. Yeah. How he, are we doing on time? Brent, we're, we got about five minutes left. Brent Burns right, literally looks like the guy who like will like go to like a fucking farmer's market and then just like take out his own pocket knife and start gutting a fish right there. He would blend into like any any type of like wilderness, you know, adventure thing or whatever, like where like they go hunting for like wildlife and they have to survive on their own. Yeah. Like any like movie or show, like you just like step right in and like be like the main lead and like you wouldn't ex- you wouldn't bat an eyelash at it. Yeah. All right, so top five. I think it's time for the top five. People still don't recognize us, but we're contenders now. All right, I'm gonna start off with I'm gonna I'm gonna do it the normal way this week. I'm gonna start off at the bottom and go to the top. It's about what, time. Like like we talked about with the Atlantic Division being pretty much exactly like we thought it was. I have three. I have those top three teams in the Atlantic in here. So we start off with Toronto. Uh, they've held water uh, since Matthews hasn't been there. Um, let's see. It's uh, it'll be an interesting team to keep an eye on, though. I have them at number five. Boston. I know they lost last week, but you know what? You lose a one nothing shutout to the Nashville Predators. That's who I think is the best team in the league. Spoiler alert uh, for my number one. Spoiler. It's been both of our number ones. Uh, getting every episode we've done. Yeah, I know. It should, <laughs> but honestly, it should be every, everyone's number one. They're, they're they've been the most consistent team. And you got Boston at number four. Number three, I got Calgary. I love the way Calgary plays, and I think that it's sustainable with the players that they have. And then number two and one, I'm going to go Tampa and Nashville. Surprise, surprise. I picked both those teams to play in the Cup, and so far they're making making me look good. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it was. I really went out on the fucking limb and said Tampa and Nashville. But, uh, yeah, Tampa and Nashville. 
Scooter. Courageous prediction. Uh, very courageous prediction you had there. I try. Um, you know, I really just tried to go out on the limb and uh, say, hey, this is me. Take it or leave it. Yeah, to call you to say, hey, kid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was terrible. Anyway, yeah, uh, well, I have to I'm going to go actually reverse order from what you just said. I'm going to go one down to five. Nice. Um, because you just talked about Nashville and Tampa. And then I, we don't really talk too much about them. But, I mean, there's not a whole lot of new things to say. They're just such great teams. What, uh, what, uh, what are we going to say every week? It's like, oh, they're filthy. You, speaking of which, I got Nashville one, Tampa two. Did you watch that Nashville-Tampa game last week? I didn't. I had fucking work. I couldn't. Go back and watch it in the uh, in the NHL app or whatever. It was phenomenal hockey, just up and down. The chances I they watched had. the highlights actually. I did. Yeah, Pe- Pekka Rene. It was his first game back from the injury. Absolutely stood on his head and was just like lights out for them in that game. And he's the reason why they won. Um, he had a really great weekend. Hint, hint, wink, wink. And then uh, so that's my one-two: Nashville, Tampa. I had Pittsburgh moving into the top five last week, and I knocked them right after four straight losses, especially two to the Islanders. Um, not ready to put the Islanders or some of those other teams up there. I'm going to go Toronto three just because there's treading water and they don't have their probably their best player, second best player, whatever you want to rank him in Tavares. And I think they're doing well enough out there. I went with Calgary four. You went Calgary three. So we're kind of close on that point. I do not have Boston in my top five yet. I'm going with the Vancouver Canucks. All right. Last week I had them as my honorable mention, and this week I'm going to move them up there because they are still at the top of the division, still playing great hockey. They got Pedersen back. I don't know. It's just like, you know, when is the other shoe going to fall with them? Like, when is it, you know? But we kept saying that last year about Vegas. Like, oh, no, and they, like, every round in the playoffs. Oh, they're going to lose in the first round. It's a nice season. They'll, they'll lose in five or six. Oh, okay, they won the first round. And then – you know, maybe they're Vegas. Maybe not. Probably not. But, you know, it's a great story so far. Good for them. I'm also going to introduce a new segment right now. We're going to call it Offside. After video review, it's been determined the play is offside. We have no goal. We did not discuss this. This no. is not in our pre- pre-production meeting. No, I'm just throwing you a curveball. How bad is uh, is it Jacob or Jacob Markstrom's mask? Have you seen it? Oh, what? <laughs> It's it's absolutely terrible. It's so annoying to look at. It's like I don't want to look at your ear and your hair. It's so fucking weird. It's not his. I know, but it's dumb. I don't like it. I, I, yeah, I agree. It, it's. But we also got to do a uh, alternate jersey segment, by the way, because well, I think we, all of them have been released now. The have Bruins that? just re- the, the Bruins, Bruins just the released Bruins, their, the winter. winter Classic one's nice. It, it's yeah. So there's you know, uh, my, we'll get into that later. But okay. There's, well, yeah, there's we'll like a, eighteen, nineteen alternate jerseys released this year. Yeah. I think we need to rank them and break that down. Yeah. Also, did you see that NHL nineteen released alternate jerseys for the six original teams? I did. Those were sick. It, it's it's the, weird. And then there was the, like the internet like went like crazy for about five minutes when they th- they thought like the Rangers and the Canadians were getting new alternate jerseys and no one had talked about it. And then, like, people went, like, apeshit because it looked really real. And then, like, it's NHL 19. It's just a video game. <laughs> no, but the thing is that, like, I haven't I, – look, I've played NHL 19 and I've fucked around with the jersey uh, and all that stuff. I've, I don't know how the hell to make those jerseys. Those are sick. Yeah, they, they, they said – I watched a video. They said they combined, like, a part of, like, their history but with, like, kind of like a futuristic view of it. 
and kind of like tied it together. So and that, that we could do that also. Like on that, we don't have to do a special jersey episode. I think. Yeah, the ranger, the ranger one was really cool because it really did. It was it was cool how they combined the actual like rangers logo and just kind of flipped the color scheme a little bit to make it on the jersey. It was really cool. They kind of um, like supersized it like on the jersey too. Yeah, it was like you clicked on the Instagram photo and like moved uh, zoomed in. All right, I'm gonna right, move on so- to Muppet of the Week right here. You got I was, Muppet of the Week. Go for it. I was thinking possibly making the Rangers the Muppets of the Week because now they're on a four-game heater, and I was all anticipating trying to lose for Hughes. Still out there, still a possibility. I'm not going to make a team for winning four games in a row the Muppet of the Week. That was kind of a joke. But we're going to move back up to Ottawa for Muppet of the Week. <laughs> Wait, can you hand out six Muppets of the Week in one week? I'm really going to do it for Matt Duchesne, though. Now. Okay. I, I you're in a contract year, dude. You know what I mean? You're in a contract year. Like you, are, is is that a really good way to? You know, I know that you know maybe he's not trying. He's not thinking about marketing himself in an Uber, and that's a scumbag move by that Uber driver to release 100%, that video. And that's that's yeah. Go ahead. I'll it's it's a scumbag move. But at the same time, you gotta know that like any unless you're in your house, in your in your apartment. Wherever you're going in the locker room, it nothing is a secret anymore. Like this, like everyone has a fucking flip phone, a camera phone. Flip phone? Who has a flip phone? I mean, even though I fucking men asshole, everyone has a fucking smartphone. But flip you, phone's not a smartphone. It's a dumb phone. <laughs> exactly. But you got my point. It, it's a really bad look for a guy going into a contract year. It's even a it's, it's a really shitty look for uh, all of the guys. I mean, I'm really not just saying um, Matthew Shane. It's, it's all of the guys. It's a shitty fucking look. But that Uber driver's a scumbag. Everyone involved in that situation is the Muppet of the Week. Yeah, I, look, it, it's not a good look for them. But at the same time, like you kind of alluded to it, like when can you like like talk? Like, I know. Yeah, like they're in they're in an Uber in Arizona. Yeah, they were in Arizona going from I guess the hotel to wherever they were going on, on when they were out on the road playing the Coyotes. I, it's absolutely a scumbag move on that guy's part. I mean, it's, isn't it illegal? No, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, whatever. It's it's just fucked up. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to a brighter story. I got my. I kind of mentioned him earlier uh, with the week that he had, a weekend he had. I'm going for my number one star of the week. This week, it is Pekka Rene. Came back from uh, injury, had a phenomenal game, and it was a great game by both teams, but he had a great game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. He had 42 saves. Um, they won four to one, so he faced forty three shots, forty two saves. Absolutely stood on his head in that game. Some ridiculous saves. Then he followed that up with a one nothing twenty six save shutout of the Bruins. And these are against two of the you know top teams in the Eastern Conference that he did this against. So my number one star of the week, Pekka Rene, coming back from injury, not skipping a beat. And he also just signed his contract. And uh, yeah, sorry. And the contract extension. So it was a great. It literally was a great week for uh, Rene. And it was his birthday. So yeah. And his birthday. That's right. Ooh, he, I you know he freaking had a really good week. Yeah. All right. And that that about does it, right? Uh yeah. Um yeah. They were definitely out of time at this point. No, oh, we definitely are. But I, I aside from all that, I really got to go to the bathroom. All right, guys. Uh, that's episode eight. 
Number one or two? Uno. Um, yeah. yeah, so next week we'll probably get at some point um, the Jersey episode in there because uh, that's something I think we've really been waiting to do. But until next week, peace out. Deuces. Later.